Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James. I have my beautiful co host with me, Thomas the Plant! Uh, for those of you guys new to my podcast, Thomas is my beautiful plant, my best friend, and the brains behind this operation. And for all of my regulars, welcome back, dudes. It's so great to have you back. Um, I hope everybody's well. It is definitely getting colder. I live in London, uh, in Wimbledon to be precise. Well, Greens Park to be really, really precise. But, um, Winter is, she is coming. It is raining and cold and miserable all week and all weekend, actually. On Sunday was particularly really miserable. And I live in a really old building that has centralized heating through the whole building. Um, So I don't have a say in when my heating goes on and off. But the upside is, is that I don't pay for heating because it's included in the levies to the building. So which if you lived in England, it's one of the most expensive things. Gas electric uh, as a bill is really expensive. Um, So it's really nice to not have that expense. But I don't have a say on when my heating comes on. And I must say it has been, it's taken about a week for the building to finally agree to put the heating on because all the tenants have to come into agreement. And it's literally the most, I would hate to be the person to have to have that conversation. Uh, because half of us want it on early, half of us don't care, half of us don't want it on. Uh, ha- how many halves are there? A quarter, 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 let's <laughs> three, a third, let's do it that way. Um, so yeah, today was the day heating went on, and I must say it's nice and toasty in here. It's just, it's still warming up, it's a really old building, so it takes a while to truly get warm. But it's a bit of a catch-22, because it's freezing without the heating on. And the minute it does come on, it's actually overwhelmingly warm in my building. And then I have to open all the windows and keep the fan going because it's just too warm. So it's a catch-22. I can't can't seem to get enough. But I'm looking forward to my towels drying quicker. Uh, I had showered last night and it got really steamy. And I thought, oh, that's it. It really is... um, is cool in this building but yeah no more like double socks and my hands being cold I can actually be warm in my flat again I mean it's not it's not freezing but I am a wuss with the cold I I don't I'm you know I'm originally South African I'm not a big fan of the cold I've gotten quite used to it I must say and I thought about it the other day I think I'm definitely becoming a Londoner more and more and more because I bitch about the weather I don't like the rain. I never look anybody in the eye anymore. <laughs> I don't make brains. Uh, you know, I stick to myself. I'm I'm very, very much a Londoner. <laughs> so yeah, I think um yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely used to living here now. It's been ten years. October is ten years that I've lived here. I can't believe it. I literally landed in the UK ten years ago yesterday. And what had happened, I, I don't know if I've ever told the story in the podcast, I, I was working on cruise ships um, many, many years ago, loved it, absolutely loved it, I was an art auctioneer, 
probably one of the most funnest jobs I've ever met, uh, ever had. And I actually met Sean and Michelle, which I have spoken about. Um, Sean and Michelle I talk about quite frequently on my podcast. They're very dear friends of mine based in the in the US. Uh, they've actually done a podcast with me with our friend Caroline. And they were actually on one of my very first cruises. And instantly adored them from the moment I met them. And a, a quick sideline story. Um, so... I, when you, when you go on a cruise ship, if you haven't been on before, the last night is normally what they call a formal night and you get all dolled up and then they do a fancy dinner for the guests and they do like a show and it's, you just sort of get dressed in your nines and you run around the ship. It's lovely. And as crew, we also get to dress up if you're not in a uniform. So I was brand new to ships coming from a small little town in South Africa. You don't really get a chance to get dolled up in SA. So when I went to work on ships, I was told that I need a formal outfit. And it was it was quite um, a big thing for me because I didn't really own anything that was really fancy. And I'd gone and bought this beautiful black gown, loved it. I was really happy, really proud of it. And it was the very first time I'd actually worn it. And Sean and Rochelle popped through the gallery before they were going off to dinner. And I'd try, I'd spent the afternoon, I knew... Like I'd spent ages, I'd done my hair and my makeup and I was going to wear my new gown and I was so excited to like really doll up and the girl I worked with on, in the, on the ships as well, she looked absolutely beautiful. Like to this day I still love that dress and she had got it on a website and I wish I could remember where she got it from because years and years later I still wish I knew where she got her gorgeous gowns from. Anyway, sideline. Um, Sean had walked into the gallery and the first thing he said to me was, oh, you couldn't make an effort? And I just loved him from that moment and that was it. We were friends ever since and it's been uh, 12 years that I've been friends with them now. It's, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, 10, 12, 11, oh fuck, I can't, I've lost track of years and time and, and whatever else. Anyway, so that's that was my first shipping experience, um, my first formal night, um, and made very good friends from it. But um, at the time, the UK were considering uh, changing the regulations for ancestral visas. They had changed the V1, V2 visas for doctors and nurses, and my parents lived in the UK that immigrated over here. And they were like, James, if you don't come now, there, there could be a chance in a couple of years' time. If they do take the ancestral visa away, you might not get in. So myself and both of my brothers made the conscious effort to begin the immigration process to come to London and um, and start a better life. You know, my, my family was in the UK. I had nobody left in South Africa by this stage. Um, the only person left in South Africa was my baby brother. Everybody else was here, including my aunt, my grand, my family, my cousins. Everybody's here. So I, kicking and screaming, left ships. I was very sad to do it because I, I honestly didn't want to go. And uh, I packed my bags and went back to Cape Town in South Africa for, for almost two months and stayed with some family friends whilst... Um, doing the, the visa process so got my visa my ancestral visa and showed it to my friends in in in, in South Africa so excited went straight to the um 
to oh my brain's blank what am i talking about? i went straight to the travel agent because in south africa you, you tend to use a travel agent whereas now that i live sort of everywhere else in the world i don't ever use a travel agent i literally just book all my own stuff um but in south africa you do tend to use a travel agent it just gives you a bit of a surety as well that it goes through the websiting system is not as fantastic from south africa and especially in those days anyway so I booked my gave the my showed the travel agent my visa we're ready to go we booked the flights and off i was leaving on the 4th of october or maybe it was the third and landed on the fourth i can't remember the days um did a stop over in dubai we did customs in dubai showed them my visa got onto my next flight and did the connecting flight and came to to heathrow i might have done one or two stops i can't remember Anyway, this is quite some time, 10 years ago now. Um, anyway, got to Heathrow and got to customs and showed them my visa. And only, so showing my friends, showing the travel agent, showing the South African um, airlines my visa, showing the Dubai airlines my visa, only when I got to London... Did the immigration officer notice that my visa didn't start for four, for 10 more days? So it only started on the 14th of October. There I was now, 10 days early, arrived in the UK. And they even did a TB chest x-ray at the airport before I even got to customs. So I had spent now like two, three hours in customs. Um... And only then did we sort of, re and then they put me in this little holding cell thingy. They were like, stay here, we're just checking something. Didn't actually tell me what was going on. Um, and they put you in this like detention cell that everybody can watch you and you look like like the bad guy. And about 45 minutes to an hour later, this gentleman came over and he's like, look, the, the issue is, is that your visa starts in 10 days time. What the good thing is, is that your dad phoned in. My dad was sitting on the other side of the immigration thing. And obviously, I'd taken two, three hours to come through customs. And my dad started panicking, phoned through, found an, I don't even know how he found a number in the airport, phoned through to border control and like, was like, my daughter's on, you know, there. I'm very concerned. I'm waiting for her. I don't know if she's okay. What's going on? And the fact that I actually had family they were collecting me on that side. My dad was, you know, had his ancestral visa himself, was a resident within the country. They actually there at customs stamped my passport for 10 more days, allowing me to come into the country earlier because they were going to deport me back to South Africa for 10 more days. Um, and I was so freaking stinking lucky that my dad actually made that call and pretty much saved my chops. Uh, but that was 10 years ago. Can you believe it? It's a what a massive anniversary. It really is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely becoming a Londoner. I love it here. Uh, this is my home. I'm now a British citizen, uh, you know, given my, my loyalty to the Queen. And um, I've, I've done dual citizenship, I must say. I have always considered potentially going back. I At the time when I was doing my ancestral, because I'm originally born in Zimbabwe, I don't have birthrights to South Africa. So if I applied for my British passport without asking for dual citizenship, I would have lost South African citizenship. And only, I mean, not that I would ever need it, but the only other nationality I would fall back on is Zimbabwean. So, and I left Zimbabwe as, as a young child. 
I have South African citizenship and I was like well I want to keep that so um, when I did my citizenship and all that I did dual I sort of went through all the right channels and, and I've got dual citizenship between South Africa and England um, but I don't think I would ever move back to South Africa um, I think that I think that doors closed for me but I do like to know that it's there I have my citizenship it's mine and um, nobody can take that away from me so <laughs> anyway the sideline story I went to a party I went to because I, I told you guys in my last podcast I'm not really drinking at the moment and I thought well I'm going to test this theory and I went to a 30th on Friday night and when I got there I thought oh dang it I really fancy a glass of wine so I had a glass of wine small one uh, and then I was like you know what I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done I think my mindset to like losing weight and getting healthy and fit is really like there so I was sober at this party and I witnessed a bit of a fight. So what happened is a gentleman, I'm not going to say names. I'm not, because if any of my friends listen to this podcast, it's, it's irrelevant who was fighting. Um, there was a gentleman who is, a, is an opinionated gentleman in nature. Um, I don't know him very well. I can't judge his personality. I've just been told through other people that he tends to clash with a lot of people because he's extremely opinionated. Fair enough. I don't know him any better. This is the second time I've ever met him. I don't think I've had much of a conversation with him ever. But I must say, first impressions, first impressions, you know, I, I reserve my judgment. But I don't think we are friends or will be friends, put it that way. Then a lovely girl, I've met her quite a number of times. She runs in very similar circles. We're not very close. Again, we say hello to each other at parties. We're not mates. Uh, she, I don't even have her number. She, I bet she doesn't have mine. We potentially follow each other on Instagram, but we're not mates, you know. Anyway, that's, that's to give you just an, an understanding of the two people. So they got in a slighted heated argument over football and the, the synopsis of football, he was saying that the manager runs the team and uh, sort of gives a strategy to the players before the game. And her argument was, no, they don't. The players play the game. The manager stays on the side. It was a really dumb argument. I, I wasn't listening to the whole thing, to be 100% honest, because it was dumb. That's my opinion. Um, I didn't really get involved. But it got, you know, you could see the tension was there. There was clearly a, a personality clash from the very, very beginning. So I walked away and there's, an, there's a big open plan. So the, the living room where they were all sitting and the kitchen are one big room, but sort of separated through like walls, um, but all open plan. So I was standing in the kitchen with a friend resolving something else and having a conversation and we were chatting. And the next thing, the girl started screaming for the guy to shut up. And it sounds like that they got into a slight argument about a particular family member that they both know or related to. I don't know the full story. I wasn't actually sitting there. Um, and it was a difference of opinion about this specific person. One did not agree with life choices. The other one felt that um, the life choices the other person doesn't know enough about. Something to this effect. Anyway, I got into a screening match and the, the girl picked up her bag, 
and left. Um, her boyfriend had been in the bathroom at the time, sort of came out to this ruckus, and then they both sort of left. So he left dumbfounded that he didn't know what had happened. And instead of resolving the situation or having a conversation with anybody, she just sort of like threw her toys on the cot and left, which is fair enough. You're entitled to do so. Um, I didn't feel it was an argument for me to be involved in. I didn't feel that she needed moral support, fucking girl power behind her. Because quite honestly, the impression I received from the situations that she started it over the gentleman that maybe retaliated to her shouting. Um, so it was left. And it I must say, it put a damper on the rest of the party. And I think I personally... My opinion is it ruined the night. I think that everybody was somber after that. I think it created this like atmosphere for the rest of the evening. And it just kind of created this downward spiral effect of just nobody really having that much fun. Um, and it's very sad because it was the 30th birthday and it should be fun and exciting. And I just think that neither of them handled the situation well. And both of them could have acted slightly more mature. That's my opinion. And I, I keep saying this because the following day, a text was sent out from, from the girl involved in the argument to the birthday girl. And rather than thanking her for having her and for a great evening, she her argument was that none of us girls stood up for her. Where's the woman supporting woman? We should be supporting each other and having each other's backs. And I just felt... I said to her, look, do you want me to text back and say something? Because I probably would have said something a little bit fucking, like, fuck right off. Uh, because I do support women. And I think that that's a really harsh thing to say to a woman that, oh, we don't support each other. Because quite honestly, I think, I think that there is a time and a place for an argument. And this argument certainly did not require... Me standing there being like, fuck you, dude. How dare you? How dare you not agree with every single word that comes out of your mouth? I wasn't in the argument. I wasn't in the room, technically. Um, It's not my fight to fight. And if she had been in any physical danger or if I felt under any circumstances she was in a vulnerable position, I certainly would have stood up for her. Um... But sometimes I did not feel that she needed it. I felt that she stood her own ground. And there was a line between bullying and harassment in its own. And sometimes speaking up for somebody else is needed. You know, you there is understanding where victims in a situation could be stuck in a psychological freeze or have a trauma response. There's a very common time when you need to be assertive and you need to stand up for other people, especially if they're being threatened. Um, take, you know, sometimes you would need to take control of the situation. I'm a very strong personality person. I'm a very opinionated person, probably to my own detriment sometimes because I, I have something to say pretty much about everything. Um, and sometimes I can hurt people's feelings because I don't keep my mouth shut. Um, and that's probably why I have a podcast that's just literally revolves around me. It's just me talking is because I can, because I'm narcissistic enough to my own, um, <laughs> my own speech, if you want to say that. Um, but you know, 
you can help de-accelerate a lot of situations, but I felt that that situation, she didn't give the opportunity for it to de-accelerate because she left the, she left the party and that was the end of it. Um, you know, I think if there'd been a conversation and a sit down and everybody sort of like calmed their farm, maybe it wouldn't have blown up the way that it did. But I don't think there was given an opportunity for anybody to support her. But, you know, if somebody was being harassed and you see a bully harassing a victim, sometimes, you know, you should interrupt that bully and, you know, help the victim, if anything. Uh, you know, you can assess the situation, look at, you know, is there possible, is how how dangerous is the position, is there weapons involved? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't just expect anybody to jump in front of a weapon under any circumstances, but you, you know, you could try and help the victim that is being harassed as well. Um, and, but do so with caution. You know, there's so many cases that like direct confrontation with a bully is not the best idea, especially, you know, if you're concerned about your own self getting physically assaulted. This case in particular, there was no assault. There was just a raised voice that was unnecessary. I don't believe she should have raised her voice the way she did. I think she reacted very, I think it, it, it came across very immature. Um, and it's really sad because I just, it was such an unnecessary course of event that had happened but at the end of the night it did end up being a lovely evening uh you know eventually it it was it was a really it was a really nice night anyway uh and it was nice to sort of get home everybody we had to be out by midnight um for noise complaints and or not noise complaints but so that there wasn't a noise complaint and the party was moved to another friend's place uh which is further out of town but you know it's midnight i'm not drinking so i went home let everybody party and they party till two so i would have got all the way there to watch people party till two and then come all the way back um so it just wasn't worth my while so i didn't end up going partying any further and i went home um but yeah it was a lovely lovely evening and then you know what i did on sunday is i made i was craving an oxtail so on saturday i went and had my hair done uh, and then on the way back, it was pouring with rain. So I ended up, the, my route home, I stopped and had a cup of tea with, with some friends. And then proceeded to get on the wrong bus in the wrong direction uh, to to get home. And then stood in a massive pile of water. So I had sopping wet shoes. It was pouring with rain. I'd got on the wrong bus, ended up on the right bus, got to the right place, and then had to do a walk up to the big waitress because I wanted to get oxtail, and I wanted to do an oxtail stew. Um, after all of this, I mean, I could have made my route so much easier if I was just going home, but because I particularly wanted to go to Waitrose, um, it turned my whole route around, and then went all the way to Waitrose, and they didn't have any oxtail. So... Anyway, Saturday night, chilled at home. Um, Sunday morning, thought, no, stuff that. I'm actually going to do the oxtail. So I went back to Waitrose again, and they actually had it. So it was divine. It was absolutely lovely. Uh, the recipe I used, it's a Jamie Oliver recipe for oxtail. It's his um, instantly good oxtail stew, if you're looking for it. And basically, I halved this because my meal was just for two people. Um... But if you, this one is for, I think it's for eight. Yeah, serves eight. 
So it's 2.5 kgs of oxtail chopped into four centimeter cubes. Your butcher can do that for you. And when I went to Waitrose, they already had the pieces like chopped up. You need olive oil, you need two medium leeks, two sticks of celery, four medium carrots, a few sprigs of fresh thyme, fresh rosemary, four bay leaves, four cloves, a heaped teaspoon of plain flour, two 400 gram tins of plum tomatoes, 270 mils of port or red wine, a liter of beef stock and Worcestershire sauce. Now, Jamie Oliver's recipe will have this. Uh, if you just Google uh, oxtail recipe, Jamie Oliver, this will come up. So the, the cooking instructions and all of that are on there. Uh, even though I halved this recipe and I only did 900 grams of oxtail, mine still cooked for, with prepping and all of that, still cooked for five, six hours. And I just checked it every hour. And then at like hour four, it started, the, the liquid reduced quite dramatically. So don't just leave it my advice for like two hours three hours and then just leave it because it will burn and i did mine in a big cast iron pot in the oven it was divine it was so 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 nice and i did just a bit of mash um i did like cheesy cheesy creamy mash it was so lucky i'm actually having the leftovers for dinner tonight i realized that there's still some in the fridge and i almost jumped up and down in excitement um so i'll be having the leftovers tonight Yay, but probably just not as not as decadent with the mash and stuff because I'm, it's it's just because it's so miserable and cold. I just want something warm, um, but yeah. So if you're looking for a really good recipe, that's a nice little one, nice little one to start. Um, you know, we. Oh, I was looking at winter. Oh, you know, it's getting cold. It's getting miserable. I just keep saying you know today. Uh, there's so many things you can do when it, while this weather's getting a little bit cooler. And some of the things that I looked at doing for this week is, is like some activities. Is I'm going to try and read a book. So if you guys are reading any good books, please let me know what you're reading. Because I really want some great books. So if you can recommend something to me, I'd really appreciate it. Um, and I think I'm going to do some baking. You know, while it's getting a little bit colder... You know, bake some cookies or, you know, things that will just, like, heat up the housey. So if you guys have any baking ideas or any creativity ideas um, or sort of, like, uh, you know, hike ideas or exercise ideas, I'd love all of them. So while it's getting cold, I'm still trying to stay active and stay, stay out of trouble, basically, more than anything else. Uh, so I'm certainly looking for ideas if you guys have any on things that you that you're going to be doing for winter And then what I'll do is I'll compile the ideas that you guys give me and we'll I'll make a little podcast about them and be like Right, so this is what you guys said we should do. This is what um, You know and then we collectively like as a little community on this podcast as I like to to think we are We can uh, come up with some ideas together on how to stay nice and warm so I you know, I think late of late, and I mean this is this is certainly a, a fault of my own. Is I tend to spend a lot of money. I do. I you know, I'm a I'm a shopper. I I'm really bad at it. And even if it's just grocery shopping, I'm you know, in order to leave the house and just go do something, sometimes I'll just go to the store, and then I end up buying stuff, and to the point that my fridge can barely close because there's so much shit in it. And then I, you know, I just spend. It's really bad. So I'm trying to come up with budgeting ideas to, like, limit myself. 
So I thought, why don't I talk about it with everybody? You know, we all sometimes have our faults. And we all, you know, sometimes uh, I create monthly budgets and then like they fall out the window by the end of the month because I've done this or I've done that or I've had my hair done or I've done my nails or I've done this or, you know, I have Botox or I've had fillers put in or whatever the case is. Um, you know, and large purchases, sometimes you do need a rainy day fund from and you need a bit of savings or sort of invest in like the building wealth and stuff. So I've decided I want to save for a house for the next two years or so, or until I have the money. Um, but in order for me to do that, I need to actually save and have a bit of a budget. So there's six little steps that, are, you know, most, most websites sort of came, I sort of went, well, how do I, you know, how do I budget better? How do I save money better? And, um, you know, there's all these money-saving websites. There's loads of them. But I didn't want to sort of look at the look at the big guys. I want to just look at the little guys and what they said. And the first thing they that sort of suggested is that you get all your financial papers together, your bank statements, your investment accounts, your utility bills, your pay stubs, your credit card bills, uh, all of your receipts from the last three months, which I'm really bad because I like to save paper. So I never ask for a receipt and I never print one. Unless I know I might return something. And then sort of like your rent or your mortgage or your car and all of those sort of things. And once you've got everything in one place, then sort of like calculate what all of that costs you. So dig it all up. Have a look at what every single cent you owe versus what you monthly going to have to spend. And then, and then calculate your income from there. So first you obviously know what you're getting paid monthly or weekly or quarterly, whatever it is. And then once you deduct all the tax, you'll know exactly how much is left over. So if you have a variable income, like a seasonal or freelance job, for example, then use the lowest earning month in the past year as the best baseline to work this off. So if you don't know what you earn monthly, just whatever the worst paycheck is, use that because the rest is just balloon money after that. So then you've got to create the list of all of your monthly expenses. So write them down your mortgage or your rent, your car, your insurance, your groceries, your utility, entertainment, your personal care, what it costs you to eat out, if you have childcare, any transport costs, travel costs, student loans and savings. And then put that all down. Use your bank receipts and your receipts and everything from the last three months to sort of identify things you might not have thought about that you spend. And then you sort of determine a fixed and variable expense. So you look at things, what I mean by that is that things that will change month to month, like your groceries, your fuel or your gas, your entertainment, your eating out, birthday presents, all of that sort of stuff. And if you don't have an emergency fund, like a surprise expenses fund, then add that because that can sometimes derail your budget completely. So, and then start assessing your spending value of each category. So your fixed expenses that you can't get away from, like your rent and all of that, and then how much you need to spend on the variable expenses. So each category you need to review sort of every two, three months to make sure that, that it stays within, within the same sort of thing. But total your monthly income and expenses. And from there, you'll know what you've got left over for retirement, for savings, to pay off debt. Uh, and it's called the 50-30-20 budget. So you need to adopt your needs, your essential expenses, and and sort of like your 30% savings or debt repayment is, is kind of what they mean by that. So 50% is sort of your 
your essential expenses, 30% is your savings and debt, and 20% is what's budgeted left over for the month. So 50% to bills, 30% to getting rid of debt, and 20% to, to your like cushy, cushy money. And then you sort of make adjustments to what your expenses are. So if your expenses are far higher above your income and you have quite significant debt, then reduce your variable expenses Sorry, your variable expense a month might just not be enough. So then you need to trim your fixed expenses or increase your income, basically, to to balance your... your, I hope this makes sense, because in my head this all makes sense. But I don't know if I'm just saying it too fast and getting it out. So if anybody doesn't understand what I'm trying to say, then let me know and I'll try and, like, go back a bit to make it simpler. And then how do you use your budget? So if you're not confident that you can budget for your money... Then if you go on TikTok and have a look at these girls that do the envelope system, they are actually, I'm fascinated watching them. I don't know what it is, but I can watch them over and over and over again. There's just hundreds of them. And basically, these girls adapt an envelope system where you divide the cash into, so you, they take their whole pay slip and they draw it out of the out of the bank. And then they put it into different cash envelopes for the different spending categories. And then when that envelope becomes empty, you stop spending in that particular category. So if you've got a an envelope for birthday money or you've got an envelope for, for rent or you've got an envelope for groceries, you use the envelope system and that's how you budget. And once that, envelope, that specific envelope dedicated to that specific thing is finished, you don't have any more of that until your next paycheck. So it's a really great way to keep an eye on your spending and it also like mentally shows you what you're spending money on. And when you see more money in those little envelopes, sometimes it encourages you to save more in them because you the view of them is so like it's it's quite um intoxicating actually. Um so have a look. Google the envelope systems on TikTok. They're really cool to watch. And then you so you sort of like review and tweak it as you need to. You know, general budgeting once you set up the budget. And uh, and I'm trying to do this for myself at the moment is that I've got to work on like my cash flow, how much I'm spending and things. I'm trying to write down now every time I spend anything so I can physically see it. And then I keep telling it up so I know how much I've spent already. Like it's the fifth and I know how much I've spent now for the fifth. And now that I know how much I've spent, I actually spent quite a bit of money this weekend. Like um, I had my hair done. I went to Sainsbury's twice. I went to Waitrose. I popped into the South African shop and got some odds and ends. You know, I did, and then I bought a friend a gift on Amazon. I bought myself something on Amazon. So by the time the weekend ended, I'd spent like over 300 pounds. And I was just like, well, that's my first weekend. So it's the 6th of October now, you know. You know, that's just one weekend in. So it's it's calculating and thinking about your expenses and what you're spending all the time. So I'm trying to physically see it and then hopefully sort of adapt my expenses and once my expenses are lower and I'm but you know saving a little bit more, I could buy a house. And that's what I really want to do. So if you're looking for any advice and stuff, please go Google it or watch those little videos. They're really great. Oh, I just dropped my 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 mic. Sorry, I hope that didn't make a loud bang. I just I knocked it over. <laughs> um Yeah, so heating's on. It's actually now it's while I've been sitting here, I closed all the windows. Um to record the podcast because of the train noises near me 
and it's definitely getting a little bit toasty in here. I'm loving it. I'm so happy it's warm. Um, but yeah, if anybody comes in here, they normally complain that my flat's too warm. But I like it. It's mine. I don't care. I live here. You don't. Anyway, um, last week's conundrum. One, two, three, four, five of you got. And I really love it. Some of you didn't get it right, but five of you did. So Ricardo, Simon, I want to say Fleur, F-L-E-U-R, uh, Amanda, and I think Michelle, I think you got it as well. Uh, so well done, guys. Well done getting the conundrum. Hooray! You get a virtual high five and a kiss from Thomas. Um, so last week is the more you take, the more you leave behind. What are they? The more you take, the more you leave behind. What are they? And the answer is footsteps. Hooray! Um... And this week's, if you guys want to send your answers to Just James Podcast on Instagram, it's just underscore James underscore podcast. Uh, please do so. My, uh, this week's conundrum is, what is full of holes but still holds water? What is full of holes but still holds water? So send your answers to my Instagram. I'm following a really cool TikTok this week. It's a mom. So she, I, I think she's quite young. Um... You know, she doesn't, uh, the videos I've watched, she hasn't mentioned her age at this point. Um, but she, um, she's got two little twin girls called Violet and Scout. And I don't know if it was a one-night stand or if she was just seeing somebody and fell pregnant with these twins. And he wanted nothing to do with them and she's now raising them on her own. But they are so stinking cute, man. And she's just such a chilled back, cool mom. I just, I just like her. And I see quite a few celebrities follow her. And it's really cool. I really like that she's just sort of embracing and she's just being a good mommy. But her, her TikTok is um, Maya Knight 2496, which is M-A-I-A-K-N-I-G-H-T 2496. If you're looking for a great TikTok page, I'd certainly recommend her. I just, I'm enjoying her TikToks. I just find her so like chilled. I think like we'd be mates if, if I met her in real life. She's just like a really chilled mommy. So I really like her. I don't really have any good reviews for this week because I haven't been anywhere. Uh, I'm still kind of staying in, to be honest. My Sainsbury's delivery guy was really lovely yesterday. Uh, he I'd put the code wrong on the sheet from to get into the building because my buzzer to my building doesn't work. So you have to have the code or phone me, otherwise you can't get in. And I don't like to go all the way down there because I live like on the far wing of the building. So I normally give the code out because I'm too lazy to go <laughs> walk there. Anyway, uh, he was really lovely. And I somebody had phoned me from Sainsbury's because I was on another call. So you tried me three times and I missed the call. So then Sainsbury's phoned me and they were like, James, we're trying to get in. And I was like, the guy's talking shit. I've got the code on there. He's lying. He can get in. He's just being dumb. Um, and I was really mean because I was irritated because I was on the phone and they wouldn't stop calling me. And when I got down there, I'd put the code in wrong. And so he was mocking me a little bit, but like in a, in a really like funny way. It was re it was like, it wasn't like nasty. It was really funny. And we sort of giggled all the way up to my flat about how dumb I am. And he was just so lovely. He's just such a lovely guy. And he's been in the building a couple of times. So he knew the old code and not the new code. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed my Sainsbury's delivery yesterday. So thanks, thanks Sainsbury's dude. You made my day. Um, but, yeah, guys, you know, I don't want this week. I think let's be excited and positive. The weather's changing. For those in the southern hemispheres, you're getting warmer. For us in the northern hemispheres, it's getting 
much colder and cuddlier and I want you to take the time to cuddle your pets and your loved ones and get ready for, for the cooler weather. But don't stop what you're doing if you're tired. I want you to stop when you're done and I want us to be motivated this week to kick ass and to be like great awesome humans in the society of man uh and woman i suppose and it's and them's and whoever you want to be and i hope everybody has a lovely week and dream of puppies goodbye they're the two best friends that anyone can have they're the two best friends that anyone can have they're the two best friends that anyone can have just james and thomas the plant